Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's Friday. It's 11:35, and that means Tech Talk with Adam Oldfield, the president and CEO of FPM and FPM3 Marketing. And of course, we are brought to you by our good friends at Hamilton Limousine. How are you doing today? You know what? I'm doing really well. We have some friends in from uh, from Switzerland who actually listens regularly to our Tech Talk show, and I have to act. I have to give them a shout out as well. Uh, back when we were kids, I've known them since high school, and I, I and it's hard to believe. Yes, Bill. I didn't know everything about tech. I know it seems like I came out of my mother's womb with the ability to know how technology worked, but there was a time when I was completely techless. When was this? Because when we worked together here at CHML, yeah. that's back in the, the mid-90s, yeah, I guess, early 20, 90s. Yeah, 1920, yeah. You were about the only guy in the building that did know anything about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I think I got hired only because you, I you knew You might tech. still be. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't, no skills, no. I, we were probably, I was 14, I think, and okay. I bought my first computer, and he was into it even earlier than I was. I mean, he was taking apart the ColecoVision's uh, Pac-Man uh, uh, video games at the time. So anyway, he came in and uh, we were talking about tech and he listens to the show. And every so often he'll throw me little tidbits about just you remind everybody, all listeners and viewers, that it was me that actually uh, got you off the ground. And he, he jokingly, and I think he's serious, used to say, for everything I help you with, I'm charging you 25 cents. So uh, he's in from Switzerland and uh, we were touring and uh, my, my payments are like well over a million right now. With, uh, <laughs> with with interest in payments. So anyway, JC Williams and family, thanks for uh, tuning in. And I'm giving you the shout out to say you started me in tech, but you're not you're not 100 uh, percent keeping me up to speed of what's going on right at the moment. He's going to argue with me when he hears this. Uh, anyway, good. Day. Is he available when you're on holidays? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get him to fill it. Well, which reminded me, he's got a he's got a young boy who's three years old. Yeah. And we were you know lugging around the cart and the baby seat and everything else. Mm. And I saw this this product uh, which is called Duna, and it was amazing. And what it does is it sit. It's it's a baby seat. Think of a baby seat that you know where you strap it in. It clicks legally. It has to be strapped tight. Yeah. Uh, and I really do encourage as having young daughters, anyone that's be, you know new family. It's always important to know how to put it in correctly. But the aggravating part about having a, a baby seat is that you gotta you know take out the baby seat and they got versions where it clicks into a stroller. But this one's a little unique and and it's not a click into the stroller. It becomes. The stroller. So you take this the car like a transformer. Seat it is. It's like a transformer. The wheels like back into the side of the seat, and it will click into the into the uh, the holster inside the back seat of the car. And when you pull it out, you push a button, and the wheels extract out, and it becomes a full certified uh, stroller. And I was saying this would have been extremely because we went to Niagara Falls, took them on a tour to go see the U.S. Uh, Falls and the Canadian Falls. And I'm like, we're lugging out the the, the back of the baby carriage. Then you're kind of putting the baby seat in. And so anyway, long and the short, there's a new product. It's called Duna, and it's got both in one. It's just kind of making it efficient and simple. Yes. All right. Uh, let's uh, go from there to something for the adults to play with. Uh, t- <laughs> <laughs> Body scanner. Listen, you know what? We've all been there. We sit there, and we put the measuring tape, and I do this with Michelle. I'll be like, honey, can you just measure my neck? Let me know, because I, I'm wondering what's wrong with my neck size, or my. I feel like my waist is getting a little big, or my tummy. Anyway, you get the big tape, and they measure your inseam. They, you measure your weight, your yep. arms. This product specifically is it's literally called body scanner and it will allow you to stand on a scale, very, very similar to what you do when you want to just check your weight on any given day. And while you're on there, it will spin. And while you're spinning, there's a mirror and the mirror, like a, it comes with a mirror, comes with the, looks like a little scale that you step on. But what's happening is in the mirror, it's reading your body mass. It's spinning slowly in a 360 degree uh, uh, full circle. And as it's turning 
the mirror is scanning your body type, your, your, your body mass. So a full 360. And once it's done doing the 360 turn, it then translates those images and it's like a 3D printer mm -hmm. onto your smartphone. It will tell you the exact size of your waist, uh, your arms, your neck. Um, it's like stepping in front of an MRI machine and having it do a full scale on you. Who really wants <laughs> those numbers? Well... <laughs> I always see these people take pictures on like Instagram and yeah, Facebook yeah. and they got their belly sitting in front of the bathroom and they're, you know, and I, I'm not that kind of guy. No one wants to see that before or after. So this is one of those, did you or did you not lose weight, right? And this is a real true measurement of whether or not you can do a full body measurement scan on yourself. And it, it, it's about $1,400 US. So for $2,000, no one's ever going to question whether or not the measuring tape was too tight. Was it pulled too hard? Or are you really gaining weight or losing weight in your neck, this is probably the solution to that problem. All right. Uh, interesting stuff. Uh, let's talk about smart locks. You know, I, I have smart locks on a couple of our you know garages, and right now a lot of them are all using AA batteries. And we all talk about batteries are a real concern. Uh, from landfill issues to drainage, I mean, we're talking about it's, uh, I hate to say this, winter is coming. Well, um, <coughs> you, the, of course, the, the, the most elementary is the, the battery always runs down when you're always in a hurry. Exactly. And then it beats. I can't lock the house or I can't, you know. And I, I thought this was very key because I, I have it on one of our doors. And one day it was like just beeping randomly. And Michelle's like, I think there's something wrong with the lock. And so it wasn't locking it. The, the fail safe on battery operated door locks is that it will unlock the door, which is not good when you're not around for that matter. And again, these aren't smart locks, uh, needless to say. But all of a sudden I, I push the button thinking, oh, it's okay. I just got to change the batteries. I changed the batteries. It still kept beeping. Next thing you know, it starts smoking. I was outside and I'm watching the smoke and then the door locked so Michelle was inside the house I'm banging on the window and I'm watching the smoke thinking my door's on fire and uh, my teenage daughter's looking at me in the window going what's your problem and I'm get outside meanwhile my door locks on fire it was just a comedy of errors happening at that moment finally Michelle comes running out and opens it up and, and it caught on fire and what happened was uh, the batteries, I guess, were overcharging. I'm not sure what happened, but it melted the motherboard. This is a solution to jump into what we're actually talking about. It's a smart lock that has a solar panel, not relying on any kind of batteries. Uh, well, it has a lithium-ion battery, but the lithium-ion battery inside this uh, smart lock will allow it to unlock. No worries about changing batteries. No worries about the winter cold or the temperatures. It's using the, uh, the actual sun to charge it, and it holds the charge up to eight days in the case there's no sun, and God forbid that happens. But a solar-powered hidden keypad lock is available now that you can actually use for your door lock, your sheds, or otherwise. Uh, we've talked a lot over the last couple of months about Amazon Alexa. Uh, they are expanding. Well, this one was quite interesting. Um, I, I think I, at first I thought it was a bit of a joke, but it makes perfect sense. First of all, we know that Amazon is a trillion dollar company, hands down. We know that Amazon's got Alexa. We know that it's in the music industry, it's in the, 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 the movie industry, and now... Who better to be a competitor to Samsung and LG but Amazon? The new Alexa appliances are on the market, and the one that came out, and they just made this announcement, uh, I think it was this morning, is that you can now get an Alexa-powered microwave. We are going to probably hear or have Alexa speak to us more and more, and one of the products that just launched is a microwave as a digital assistant. So not only can you say, uh, Alexa, can you, <laughs> can you turn it to three minutes or there's pop 
popcorn or whatever. I haven't heard or learned how Alexa will cook your food through the system, but it does come with the ability that you can f ask it for the weather, ask it for uh, turning other smart devices in your home, which by the way, Amazon is announcing they're launching a whole skew of products that are gonna be Alexa supported, if not made by Amazon. And you can now get weather, you can get music being played through your microwave, nothing says cooking with a little music by the microwave. Um, it is pretty much a great appliance to have. And I can expect that Alexa is also going to be working on now uh, CO2 detectors, uh, fire detectors, uh, and they're all going to be linked to Alexa. So this is just the start. Ironically, they launched it with a microwave. I was a little surprised because I think of all the other of appliances, all the things they yeah. you could have picked something else. But anyway, the microwave is the start. But what's also in impactful about this is the microwave will have the ability to, uh, it weighs your food. It will also scan your food. And as part of the information that Alexa is collecting on all of our lives, it will actually be able to monitor what it is that it's about to cook. So if you're putting in maybe reheated pork or reheated uh, a dinner plate, it's actually going to look and go, well, that looks like a plate of, uh, a plate of mashed potatoes. That looks like a plate of uh, pork, uh, pork beef tenderloin, uh, tenderloin. We're going to need to cook that for about three minutes. So they're claiming the new Alexa powered microwave will be pretty much self cooking. You don't even need to tell it how many minutes it needs to be cooked and measures the temperature and tells you. Because you can never figure that out. You, uh, you well, never get it right. It's a hit miss. I mean, cooking popcorn, there's a popcorn button. I mean, I bought a new microwave and I we get the popcorn button and I still get a big load of uh, kernels at the bottom. And I'm like, ah, what is that perfect time? Is it three seconds more? Five seconds more? Maybe Alexa ask, can fix my popcorn. Alexa. Alexa's Alexa going to fix tell my you. problems. Exactly. That's so. why they went to the microwave first. <laughs> Because popcorn being popped properly has not been fixed. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's the big issue. Addressing <laughs> the needs of our society. Thank you, Amazon. <laughs> you travel a lot. I do, yes. Uh, yeah. you got to love this next thing, this kayak luggage. Yeah, kayak luggage is an app you can download. And first of all, we know that with the iPhone. The iPhone's coming out in the market. They launched it today worldwide, and we can see that across the board. But what's interesting about this product is that obviously now a lot of apps are going to be launching their augmented reality. That's where you take your phone with a photo of real life and then it digitizes like the Pokemon Go if you will this you take uh, the app called Kayak and you show your luggage and it will draw a dimensional figure over top of it and it will tell you Instead of picking up your luggage and sticking it in that steel frame to see if it's yeah. uh, uh, acceptable to put in your overhead compartment, this will do a full digital survey of your luggage and will tell you if your luggage is acceptable or not. Here's the bad part about this. It actually syncs with the airline you're with. So if it is oversized, it's going to tell Everybody's you. Everybody's going to know about it. You know how many times I've taken my luggage and just kind of go, uh, is there anything in the overhead? Yes, it's right here. And it's they kind of take my word for it and then I kind of jam it in the overhead compartment and kind of push it and jam it in. This actually will let the uh, the airline know if you're synced with your uh, your airline tickets and otherwise to say your luggage is oversized, you're going to need to check it. Yeah, but how many times do you see people actually on the floor <laughs> yeah. at the terminal? Yeah, yeah. Taking stuff out you know, and because it's too big and yeah. they didn't realize the height or the, the, the size of it or otherwise, but this is going to give you, and it's always that mystery question. Is it too big? Is it too heavy? Is it going to fit? Isn't it going to fit? And we like to think all flights are 
are the same, but they're not. You fly to Thunder Bay, they don't really have a very large overhead compartment. You fly between uh, Florida and, and, and Buffalo, there is an overhead compartment. You can squeeze in like a garment bag or otherwise, there's quite a bit more room. I, I don't know all the numbers and uh, types of planes, but I can tell you that it is important to be able to get the proper size because there's nothing more embarrassing than sitting in the plane and you're that guy or girl standing there with your overhead and it doesn't fit and everyone's waiting to get into their seats and you're kind of Yo, come on, let it get in there. <laughs> and it's like, sir, can we check your bag, please? It's just, it's probably a very efficient thing. We all want to try and get this thing. Good idea. Uh, what's Apple up to these days? Well, we know that Apple's got a lot of things happening, and, and there's a couple points I want to bring up for uh, for discussion. First and foremost is that Apple is, if you buy through the iTunes streaming services right now, there's a big question about whether or not they will let you keep your videos. I think we spoke about like uh, what's happening with our digital privacy and otherwise that's yeah. happening out there. This this is something that I thought was quite interesting. In this case specifically, Apple has been deleting purchased videos. If you've been purchasing music, m- music not so much I've heard of, but videos I have. So they're taking the videos and they're more or less deleting them. And so do you or do you not own the rights of your actual product you buy? And that's a big question. And by the way, the reason I bring this up is people in Canada are buying movies. And I guess with the new streaming TV service that's coming out right now, they're realizing that they didn't have the rights to sell movies in Canada through their iTunes accounts. So there's a lot of licensing and copywriting we're seeing along on that. If you purchased a movie, I highly advise you to double check because Apple has been deleting the movies. When you uh, try to ask Apple, what's going on? I bought the movie. It's no longer in my iCloud. What they're saying is, we don't know what to tell you, but we'll give you three months of free rental on our new streaming service. <laughs> so there, this hasn't been solved yet. And I think what's important is to understand the difference of what's happening in the market of uh, our Apples and even with Android. Let me segue that into a second point to Android on that. Android made an announcement and they made the announcement. I'm going to say that Android actually came out and said it. Yes, they messed with over a million phones and instantly turned on the battery saver device on all their phones. Now, many people didn't notice it, and if you're using a Pixel phone with Android, or maybe you were using an LG, if you're running on the native, not so much Samsung, but native Android operating system, uh, and I guess they were testing, they say they accidentally uh, flipped a switch, and the new upgrade they just came out with with the uh, Android system, they turned on yes, turned on millions of people's phones instantly by uh, flipping a switch. A lot of people were wondering, why is my phone automatically got a battery saver? And what we found out was, uh, and Google verified it, we apologize for the inconvenience. We were doing some testings on our on our servers and they've got control over our phones, Bill. And I don't think anyone, even me, realized that when our phones are connected to the internet on Android, Apple included, and Apple said, we've always claimed that when you agree to the terms and conditions, we have the rights to control what's on your phone. We can turn it on, we can turn it off. For your security, Bill. That's the answer that they're claiming, is that in the case of an issue, we have the right to be able to control your phone. Well, they said hacking and malware and, and, and whatever else. But that really raises another question because we've heard from the FBI in the cases of where phones were locked and nobody had access to it. 
maybe they do have access. And if they're able to turn on a phone and have an internet connected, they should be able to do whatever they want. Unlock it, turn it on, turn it off. So this is throwing a lot of weird things into the picture. What I felt was very interesting is that Apple makes this point of, sorry, we're deleting your movies because we didn't really have the copyrights to sell it to you, but we'll give you a movie to rent and we'll just turn that off where it deleted it from their device. It wasn't sitting in iCloud. It was on their phone and it was gone. So it was, where'd my movie go? Try to download it. It wasn't there anymore. And Apple took the, the privilege of going into their phone and deleting the files. And Google did the same where they turned on the features automatically on millions of phones where their battery savers were turned on for all these users automatically. It just reminded me of something. I think you mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but this double login that they're asking you to do now on your phone? That's right. Yeah. Well, they're encouraging everyone to go double login so they can give you another layer of security, which again, we spoke about that when we were talking about the border crossing and how to do that, right? Because this is a third warning or reminder <laughs> I've got on this. Okay. And I keep sending back, I'm going to ask Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you went from warning to reminder. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the third one was like, uh, yeah, can you, you not read do this? something, <laughs> sir, or there's going to be some damages. So I got, I got it on my, uh, I got it on my my tablet, and I got it on my phone within a couple of hours of each other. That's right. Well, I think we can see that in security purposes, what makes again, I, I kind of wa- ask the question: all of the security we're talking about with Apple's and Androids that we have available to it, try to set up a two tier login, but I don't think that has any bearing of whether or not your your information's truly secure or not. And this raises a lot of questions, and I'm surprised I haven't heard a lot more about it in the media than what's being uh, displayed because if Apple's got control and the ability to go into anybody's iPad, anybody's smartphone, anyone's desktop computer when you're signed into your iCloud account and turn on and off or delete files at their control, do we really own the rights of what we're paying for? Well, and but yeah, and my question, of course, is then why should I do this? Because they're just going to get in anyway. If, they, want, gonna, yeah. if they want to get in, they're going to get in. Well, that's for the security of anyone outside of Apple. Yeah. So this isn't about Apple getting. Oh, Apple okay. can do it whether they want to or not, or Google for that matter. Oh, yeah. But this is in the case of Adam trying to get into your phone. This would be your two-tier protection. Right. But the point I'm getting at is, do we really own the product we buy? That is the million-dollar question I'm now asking. No, they just let us use they it. They let us just use it. We're on borrowed com- uh, software and hardware that. That's $1,500 for the latest and greatest, but you don't really own it. Yeah. So you can just take this back and say, this is broken. This is yours. Give me another one. Figure it out, please. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Tech Talk. We do this every Friday at 1135. Brought to you by Hamilton Limousine. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Bill. The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.